But we've been in a series called Freedom, and we've been going through the book of Galatians. Going through the book of Galatians, and, 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 and the main point, the main premise of what we've been talking about is this, this freedom that we have uh, from religious uh, or man-made religious rules and regulations, man-made uh, legalism uh, that says that what Jesus did on the cross was not enough for you to be loved and accepted by God. What Jesus did on the cross was not enough for you to receive salvation, was not enough for you uh, uh, to, to be a part of the kingdom of God. And so there's this lie that was going around within the church that they were saying, hey, yeah, it's cool what Jesus did, but there's still more you have to do to be loved by God. There's still more you have to do to be in the family of God. And so Paul was addressing these issues, and he was uh, uh, attacking these issues and attacking uh, these lies that, that was going on in the church. And in the same way, there are many of us uh, within the church, maybe through our church upbringing, maybe through how we were raised. We've been raised uh, in, in the bondage of, of, of religion and rules and regulations and legalism. Uh, but, but Jesus broke us free of all of that. And so we get to walk in a freedom, not only from those things, but also we get to walk in a freedom from bondages of our sinful nature. Meaning we, we are no longer bound by the sin we used to do. We are no longer bound by the evil and wickedness that we used to partake in. We have been broken, uh, made free from those things. And so we get to walk in that freedom. But I know in hearing that, for some of us in here, you may be asking yourself the question, well, if that's true, if I've really been free from those things, why don't I always feel free? Like if Jesus really broke me free from my sinful nature, if Jesus really broke me free from sin and the bondages of sin, then, then why are there moments and times where I don't feel free? Why are there moments and times where I, 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 still, my, my, I still get the craving to sin? I still get the craving to do the wrong thing. And if we're honest, we, 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 we feed into those cravings and we, we partake in sin. The sin that we used to do, we, we catch ourselves partaking in those things. If, if, if I'm free, Chris, then, then why do I still feel bound? Why do I still feel that I'm struggling in this area? Why just don't always feel free? Well, the good news in all of that is that you're not alone because the reality is the person sitting next to you has experienced that at some time or another, moments where you just didn't feel free. Moments where you just felt like, hey, man, I thought I'd conquered this thing. I thought I was free from this thing, and yet, man, I still keep craving these things. My, my, my flesh still desires these things. Uh, Romans seven nineteen, the Apostle Paul the same Apostle Paul that we've been, uh, the letter we've been reading in Galatians, Romans 7, 19, he makes this statement. He says, I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Can anybody relate? Like, like Paul is saying, look, man, I want to do the right thing. I want to do what is good, but I don't do it. And the wrong that I don't want to do, I catch my still, myself still doing it anyway. I don't know about you, but there's some relief in that verse right there. Because this is the Apostle Paul talking. 
This is the God that's been talking about freedom in Jesus. This is the God that's been, been pouring his heart out about Jesus and the freedom that we now have in it. And now he's, he's, he's pulled back the curtain and he's given us a glimpse into a battle and a war that is happening on the inside of him. He's saying, yeah, I want to do the right thing. How many of us in here want to do the right thing? Yeah, but I don't do it. Yeah, I, I, I get you. I, I understand. Man, the wrong that I don't want to do, the sin that I don't want to partake in, man, you know what? I still catch myself doing it. And what he did was he gave us a glimpse into this life, this battle that's happening on the inside. And if we're honest this morning, it's the same type of battle that we all have to face. It's a fight that we all seem to struggle with. It's a fight that we all seem to deal with. See, Paul, if you read this verse and you read this text, Paul is basically telling us this is a battle that I'm not winning at the moment. That's what he's saying. He, he's being very vulnerable. He's being very honest. Man, you, 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 what I just read to you, this is Paul saying, hey, I didn't win at that moment. Because, see, the, the, the good that he wants to do is because when he came to faith in Jesus, when, when he had a transformation encounter with Jesus, now the sinful nature that he had, the old sinful Paul that he was, that shifted, that changed. Now when Jesus came into his life, when the Spirit came into his life, now he has a brand new nature, a spiritual nature. And so basically what happens, and it's the same for us to come to faith in Jesus, sin is no longer the driver anymore. Our sinful nature is no longer driving our car anymore. Now the Spirit takes the wheel, and the Spirit is the driver in our car. But here's the thing, it doesn't mean our sinful nature got out of the car. You following me? Now, Though the sinful nature may not be driving anymore, the sinful nature just hopped in the back seat. And now the sinful nature becomes the backseat driver. How many of you have a problem with backseat drivers? Right? Turn here. Make it right there. Get off the road here. Watch out. Slow down. Like, sometimes we got a problem with backseat drivers. Because, like, man, who, who's driving the vehicle here? I, I'm driving. See, some of you didn't laugh because you, you are the backseat driver, right? You're like, man, yeah, when I don't have control of that wheel, like, I feel like I got to, like, like, Nancy's that way, right? Nancy, Nancy I, I, I outed her like that, but it's the truth. It's the truth. Are you still smiling? Oh, you're st she's still smiling, so we're so good. <laughs> So just because sinful nature is not driving doesn't mean sinful nature is not still in the car. And so Paul is telling us, yes, I get it. There are moments where the battle, where I just don't win. 
There are moments where I want to do the right thing and I don't do it. There are moments where I don't want to do the wrong thing and I do it. And so now Paul is telling us and showing us that there's a battle that is happening. There's a fight that is going on. And what Paul is going to do, we'll be in Galatians 5 this morning. And what Paul is going to do, he's going to begin to unpack what this battle looks like. He's going to begin to identify what type of fight or what type of battle this is. And what you're going to discover is the fight that he's going to reveal to us. It's the fight in the battle between the flesh and the spirit. What I just read to you right there is Paul's fight between the flesh and the spirit. And it's a fight that every single person in this sanctuary this morning has to fight every single day of our lives. And if we're honest this morning, just like Paul, there are times where we don't win the battle. I mean, let's just be honest, right? We don't win every day. There are times where the flesh wins. There are times where I let the backseat driver tell me where to go. And so Paul is going to identify this battle. He's going to, he's going to better identify and give descriptions of each opponent in the ring, the flesh and the spirit. And so Galatians chapter 5, we'll begin at verse 16. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. This is Paul again writing this letter to a church in Galatia. And he says, So I say, walk by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. So let's stop right there. So now Paul is identifying. He's saying, look, I I, I say to you, walk in the spirit. Because whether you knew this or not, there, there, are two, there are two forces on the inside of you. There are two things happening on the inside of you. Two things fighting for control. There's your flesh, which is your old sinful nature. And then there's the spirit. There's the new nature that is now residing on the inside of you. There is the Holy Spirit that is on the inside of you. There are these two forces that are duking it out on the inside of you. And he says they are in contrast to each other. They are fighting each other every single day. You have your flesh pulling you one way and your spirit doing the other. Have you ever seen a a, a television show or cartoon where you have a person that is on the brink of making a choice of making the right or the wrong choice? And right before he makes that decision, like an angel pops up on his shoulder and then a devil pops up on the other one. And, 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 and the angel's like, now, Chris, make the right choice. Don't do the wrong thing. Do the right thing. And then the devil on the other side, the devil on the other side is like, Chris, do the wrong thing. Nobody's going to catch you. Nobody's going to see you. It's not going to harm anybody. Do the wrong thing. And then, and then the guy makes the decision to do the wrong thing. And then the angel's like, no. And then poof, he disappears, right? 
right? And, it, and it's humorous uh, imagery to, to see in our head, but, but that's kind of how it is. There is this, this fight going on on the inside of us. There is this, this war that is raging on the inside of us when we're right at the, at the peak of making a choice or a decision to do the right or the wrong thing. And Paul is identifying it here as spirit versus flesh. He says they are at war with each other. They, they are at odds with each other. They are fighting against each other. But in verse 18, he says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And if you remember in the previous weeks, we talk about when you live under the law, you are living under a curse. What that means is it's under the law where there's no hope. Under the law, there's no peace. There's no joy in that. And he's saying when you live by the Spirit, you're not living under that. He says, so it's best if you are led by the Spirit. It's best if the Spirit wins these fights. It's best when the Spirit wins these battles. Because it's then that there's hope. It's then that there is real freedom. And so now Paul is going to, again, give a description of the flesh opponent. Verse 19. He says the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so now Paul says, you, you want to know what the flesh is? Now, this isn't an exhaustive list. Obviously, there are many things we can add to this list of description for the flesh. But Paul says, just in case you need to know what the flesh is, just in case you need to identify what that is, let me break it down for you. And, and probably for the most part in here, you don't need me to dissect this for you because we've all been partakers of this at one time or another. For the most part, I think we all know what the flesh is. But just in case, let's just break this down a little bit. Sexual immorality. That's any sexual activity outside of the confines of marriage between a man and a woman. Sexual immorality. Impurity, we know what that is. Debauchery. Debauchery is simply uh, 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 an, an extreme indulgence in, in, in bodily pleasures. It's, it's extremely indulging yourself a lot of times uh, sexually, a lot of times maybe with drugs or alcohol. It's, it's indulging yourself, indulging your flesh. Debauchery. Uh, idolatry. Anytime you put something else on the throne of your life other than God. And that could be anything. Anytime our world revolves around something else other than God, that's idolatry. Uh, sometimes that can be your children. You know that your children can be idols? Yes, your children, your kids. When your world revolves around your kids, they are idols. Your family can be an idol. But wait, I love my family. That's great. Just don't put them on the throne. Your job, your career, your ambition, all those can be idols because all those take the place of who God was supposed to be in your life. 
See, we've all been partakers of the flesh. We've all been partakers of this in one way or another. We've all been partakers of sexual impurity. We've all immorality. We've all been partakers of idolatry. We've all been partakers of witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage. If anybody here, has anybody here ever experienced fits of rage before? Only two hands went up. Okay, three, four, five. Okay. Paul is saying all that is acts of the flesh. All that is the flesh being active in your life. All that is when the flesh wins the battle. He says that is what flesh is, the acts of the flesh. And in verse 21 he says, but those who live like this, those who live like this, those who are partakers in this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so what Paul is saying is, is, is those who make a practice of this, not those who struggle with it, but those who intentionally make a practice of being a partaker in the flesh. Those of you that say, hey, you know what? I know God doesn't like this, but I'm going to do it anyway. You know what? I know this displeases God, but I like it too much. I'm going to do it anyway. He says those who are partakers of this, those who, who live according to the flesh, those who intentionally, intentionally allow the flesh to win, they won't inherit the kingdom of God. People who do it without repentance. See, some, some may have gotten worried at that moment because you thought, man, well, Chris, I, I, I find myself battling. I find myself fighting in these things, and I find myself still in, indulging in the flesh. I find myself still doing these things, and, and man, I don't want to do these things. Like Paul said, the wrong I don't want to do, I find myself still doing it. Man, does that mean I'm not inheriting the kingdom of God? Well, let me just tell you something. Do you repent afterwards? Do you feel conviction? Do you feel that something isn't right? Well, then that's proof that the Holy Spirit is active in your life. But when there's no repentance, when there's no, no, no uh, a sorrow for the sin that you committed, when you are willfully sinning against God, he's saying it's those folks. And those are the ones I would question your salvation. I really would. Because if you are willfully sinning against God, I question if you're really saved or not. Because the Holy Spirit in you will not allow that. But if you're doing it willfully, then I question if the Holy Spirit is really in you. But he says those who are partakers of that life, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. God. But then go to verse 22. So now Paul has identified the flesh. He's identified that opponent. Now he's going to identify the other opponent. He's going to identify the Spirit. In verse 22 he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. 
Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Verse 25 again says, since we live by the Spirit, since we are now being led by the Spirit, since we now have the Holy Spirit in us, since we've come to faith in Jesus Christ, let us keep in step with the Spirit. In other words, let us walk in the Spirit. Look at your chair neighbor and say, keep in step. Keep in step. Keep in step with the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit because it's a far better way to live. That's what Paul is saying. Paul is identifying the fact the reason why we fight is because we don't want to live by the flesh standards anymore. See, if you're fighting, that's a good thing. It's when you stop fighting that you lost. See, if this, is, if this is a battle, if there's a constant battle between flesh and spirit every day of your life, you're in a good place. Because remember, your, your sinful nature did not get out of the car. Your sinful nature is still in there somewhere. And it's your sinful nature telling you where to go, telling you what to do. But when the Spirit raises up and said, nope, that's not right. Chris, nope, don't listen to that. Chris, no, don't indulge in that. Chris, no, don't do that. That means that the Spirit is active on the inside of you. And Paul is saying, look, I need you to walk in the Spirit. I need you to walk according to that. I need you to live by the Spirit. I need you allow, to allow the Spirit to lead you. I need you to walk in that because it's a far better way to live. Because where the Spirit is, there is joy, love, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law, meaning that there, there, there's, you're not living under the curse. Man, I, I love these things. I love love. I love joy. I love peace. I love it when that's in my life. There's nothing like it. When you can live a life of peace, when there's turmoil around you, that's great. That's you living by the Spirit. And Paul is saying, man, that's a far better way to live. Live by the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. Let's make sure the Spirit wins these battles every single day. And he identifies the fact that, that he says, uh, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Do you remember a few weeks ago where I talked about the fact where Jesus said, uh, you, if you were to follow me, you are to take up your cross, right? And, and what that means is there is, a, there is a daily death that is to happen. Paul says that I, I, I die daily. Every day that I get up, Chris is pride. Chris's demands. Chris's flesh has to die. But let me tell you something. The cross that I die on this morning is not for tomorrow. Because tomorrow morning I got to get up and do it all over again. Because see, tomorrow has its own set of challenges. Tomorrow has its own set of temptations. But this morning when I woke up, I said, man, Chris, your pride has to die today. I must decrease so Jesus can increase. I want to live by the Spirit today. Holy Spirit, I need you to lead me. Holy Spirit, I need you to guide me. I need you, Holy Spirit, today. Why? Because I want to live by the Spirit. 
And so practically, on a practical level, how does that look like for us? Because I know I can preach this and, and you're, you're hearing it, but you may say, okay, well, I, I want to live according to the Spirit, but, but, but I, I, I seem to be losing these battles so often. It seems that every day, when the fight between the spirit and flesh take place, it, it always seems like the flesh keeps on winning, and I don't want it to win. I want to do the right thing, but I don't do it. I don't want to do the wrong thing, but I do it anyway. And a lot of us keep living this life, like Paul mentioned in Romans, we keep that every single day that seems to be something we live by. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to practically uh, identify to you the fact that, look, if we want to keep in step with the Spirit, if we want to live by the Spirit of God, then I want to give you some things this morning that will hopefully help you live by the Spirit. How many of you want to be led and live by the Spirit? Well, here we go. What does it take for us to be living by the Spirit? What does it take for us to make sure that the Spirit wins over the flesh on a daily basis? So living by the Spirit requires three things from us, and I'm going to give us three things, and then we're going to go home. But if we are to be living by the Spirit, if we are to be in step with the Spirit, it requires these three things. Number one, living by the Spirit requires me to see. Say see. It requires me to see. It requires me to have vision. Uh, the psalmist says this, Psalm 119, 105. The psalmist talking about the Bible, the Word of God. He says, your word, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. And so what is he saying there? He's saying, I'm recognizing the fact that I live in a dark world. And the reality is we live in a dark world. We live in a world that is full of sin, that is full of evil, that is full of wickedness, that is full of temptation. And the psalmist is saying, your word, God, your word, this Bible, this Bible is a light. It is a lamp for me. It is the only way that I can see in darkness. Have you ever tried to walk in a dark room without turning on the light? That is a recipe for disaster. Like, even, even here at the church, there are times when I'm here late at night, and, uh, uh, and sometimes I'm, I'm either here in Legacy Hall, and I got to get over here, right? And I have to walk through the sanctuary, and, but the light switch is over there. So I'm like, man, well, maybe I could just make it to the light switch. It is pitch black in here. But I'm like, I can do it. And so I make the trek, and it never fails. I always bump and hit a chair. I hurt my leg, I hurt my foot, I do something because I'm trying to feel my way through darkness. I'm trying to feel my way through darkness. And, and it's the same way for us as Christians. We want to be led by the Spirit and we want to live by the Spirit, yet we don't turn the light on to walk in this dark world. Why? Because we don't know His Word. We don't know. We're not seeing what God is saying. Because let me tell you something. The Bible is this blueprint for life. It really is. And if we want to be led by the Spirit, it's going to require me to see. I need to know what God is saying about life. And he's saying your word is a light. Your word is a lamp. Your word is helping me take my steps. Your word, I need to see. Now I get it. 
Some of you hear me this morning, and you think, man, Chris, this sounds so redundant. Like, Chris, I swear that I heard you make this point like two weeks ago. Chris, it sounds like you're saying the same points over and over again. I am. I just say them differently. Because until we get it, until we understand we're Christians trying to live a victoriously uh, spiritual life, walking in darkness without turning on the light. You can't survive this life without getting into this. Don't even try it. You're only fooling yourselves. But we're required to see, God, what are you saying? What does the blueprint say? If I really want to build my life on you, God, if I really want to build my life on the Spirit, then I I need to look at the blueprint. I need to know what it says. And so it requires me to see. Turn on the light. Quit trying to navigate in the darkness. And there's too many of us trying to navigate in the darkness. Let me just feel around. I'll I'll get to it. I'll get to where I need to go. But this world is dark. And can I tell you something? It's only going to get darker. But if we want to live by the Spirit, it requires me to see. Get in this book. Look at your neighbor and say, get in the book. It requires me to see. The second thing that living by the Spirit requires of me, not only does it require me to see, but it requires me to listen. Look at your neighbor and say, listen. That was so awkward, wasn't it? Especially if you were sitting next to somebody you didn't know. (laughs) But it looked hilarious up here. But it requires me to listen. Not only do I see the Word of God, not only do I see the blueprint, not only do I see what God is instructing me, how God is leading me, now I need to listen. Now I need to be in tune with the Spirit. Because if you listen long enough, you will hear it. You will hear Him speak to you. You will hear Him direct you. You may not be in an audible voice, but when you're living by the Spirit, you can sense it and you can know it. Man, Holy Spirit, I, I hear you. I hear you. Isaiah 30, 21 says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, talking to the nation of Israel, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this this is the way, walk in it. And that's the way the Spirit of God is with us. There are moments in my life where I know I've been on on the brink of decision, on the brink of choice, and I've heard the Holy Spirit say, Chris, don't do that. Chris, don't walk that direction. Chris, don't watch that. Chris, don't listen to that. Chris, you're looking at that girl too long. Chris, yo. Can can we be honest? And it's the Spirit of God, because we're being led by the Spirit, we can hear Him. And it requires you to listen. But the problem is, we have way too many voices in our head. And it makes it hard for us to distinguish if that's the Holy Spirit talking to us or not. 
But sometimes you got to come to a point where you got to drown everything else out. Say, God, what are you trying to tell me? I read it in your word. I'm, I'm, I, hear the, I see the blueprint. I, I see where you want me to go. And now I'm here. Because see, the, the problem that people have with the Bible a lot of times is that we, the, the, Bible's, the Bible's pretty black and white, right? Like there's, there's really no gray area in Bible. It's pretty direct. And you may say, well, if I read the Bible, does that mean it's going to tell me who my husband is? Does that mean it's going to tell me who my wife is? Does that mean it's going to tell me what job to get? Does that mean it's going to tell me what? You won't see that in the Bible. But I promise you, if you are led by the Spirit, there are certain things he'll tell you. There's a certain peace he'll give you before you make that decision. I can't tell you, there's been numerous times in my life where I've been on a brink of decision, and I knew it was the Spirit of God saying, Chris, no, that's not the right move. Chris, no, you know what? I don't need you to do that. No, stop what you're doing. Or Chris, you know what? Walk through it. Go through it. I'm with you. But that only happens when I'm in tune with the Spirit. That only happens when I can tune down all the other noise and know the Spirit of God. But if you truly want to walk by the Spirit, if you truly want to live by the Spirit, you got to know His voice. You're required to listen. So I'm required to see, see what's in His Word, see the blueprint for life. I'm required to see the Word of God. I'm required to listen because the Holy Spirit may be telling me something. The Holy Spirit may be directing me to, to go somewhere. The Holy Spirit may be directing me to stop. He may be moving me somewhere. Whatever it is, I'm required to listen. And thirdly, the third and final thing we're required to do in living by the Spirit is we are required to move. Say move. Now that I've seen, now that I've heard, what do I do with it? Move. Move. James 1.22. Do not merely listen to the word. Don't merely listen to what is being preached to you this morning. And so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Unfortunately, that's the state of many within the church today. As a whole, church all over the world. There are a lot of hearers, but not a lot of doers. Because the reality of, of church and the reality of preaching is that, unfortunately, there's usually the minority group of people that are going to take what is said today and actually apply it to their lives. And the majority are going to hear what is said today and forget it by the second bite of their Texas Roadhouse roll. You're just going to forget it. You're not going to move in it. You're not going to apply it. 
And James is saying, don't do that. Don't just be a hearer of the word. Don't just be a hearer of what the preacher says. Man, do it. Move. Apply the principles that have been taught to you. Apply the word of God that has been taught to you. Man, you want to live by the Spirit? You want your spirit to win in this battle between your flesh? See, listen, move. Apply it. Apply it. All of us want to get somewhere. We really do. We all, we, I, I don't think there's a person in this room today that doesn't desire to live a spiritually victorious life. I think we all desire that. I would hope we all desire that. But the difference between those that do and those that don't, those that do live a spiritually victorious life are movers. They don't just hear the word, they do it. They don't just sit in here and amen, yeah, Chris, that was good, amen, praise God, and, and, and then walk out the door and just forget what they heard. They say, hey, I'm going to do it. And this isn't about being studious or anything like that, but, but, I, but I would encourage you, be a note taker. Like, take note. Unless you just have the best memory in the world, Take notes. Write it down. Put it in your phone. Put the reference to scriptures. Do whatever you need to do. Put it somewhere so you can remember so that when you leave out of here today, when you go home tonight, before you go to sleep, tomorrow morning you get up and say, man, let me, what was preached yesterday? Oh, yeah. The battle between the flesh and the spirit. Man, I want to live by the spirit today. What does the word of God say? Galatians 5. Let me go through and read it. But I want to encourage you, be a note taker. Be a note taker. Bring your Bibles, bring your phone, bring your notepad, whatever you need to do. Because if you really want to live victoriously, how are you going to apply what you forget? How are you going to apply what you don't even remember? I'm not judging you, I'm just saying. The flesh doesn't want you to partake in any of that. The flesh didn't even want you to be at church this morning. Some of you were like, amen, Leah, my flesh was like, it's cold outside, it's wet, there's ice on the road. There's no ice on the road, but the flesh told you that. Your flesh said, it's snowing, Chris. It's snowing. You can't, you don't have to go in. They're going to they're gonna cancel services today. Your flesh didn't want you to be here. Your flesh doesn't want you to pray. Your flesh doesn't want you to talk with God. Your flesh doesn't want any of this. Because your flesh doesn't want to lose. But I desire this morning that I hope many of us desire the same. Man, I want to live spiritually victorious. I want to walk by the Spirit. 
I want to experience the fruits of the Spirit. I want to experience love. I want to experience joy. I want to experience peace in my life. I want to experience all those things. But that only happens when I'm living by the Spirit. I can only walk in that freedom when I'm living by the Spirit. Let's stand to our feet.